Hello there, Horribles. Jeremy here, welcoming you to the fourth week of Scary Movie Month. In case you haven't noticed yet, we've been doing something special this month. We've got Scary Movie Diaries coming out uh, every day. And then every week we're reviewing uh, classic slasher, the beginning of some of these big franchises. And we're doing it with a whole bunch of our friends. So they're interesting conversations with a whole bunch of, of interesting voices. And this is the latest in that group. We're talking Child's Play today. A movie that I had personally never seen until this, even though it's almost as old as me. Um, a lot of interesting stuff to be said in this. There are a lot of great voices on here. If you value this kind of stuff, please help us bring it to you. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash progressively horrifying. Uh, progressively horrified. Sorry. Uh, we do all the, the work for this. I produce these myself. Me, Ben, and Emily obviously watch scary movies. Uh, and would anyway, but in particular, we, you know, choose these ones to talk about and we, we do this every week for you guys because, you know, we, we think it's, uh, a great idea and a valuable service and we like to promote an inclusive, uh, horror family. Uh, cause I, I think for a long time, like comic books, which we all work in, there's been a history of certain, uh, privileged types of people trying to shut other people out of horror movies. Uh, and horror in general, and you know we we want it to be inclusive. We want to bring uh, all sorts of different people and voices in here. So, if you value that, if you want to support us, and if you want to get uh, extra episodes as well as get your regular episodes a week ahead of time, uh, please support us on Patreon. Uh, it's just five dollars a month uh, to do that, and we would we would love to have you, and we value that a great deal. It, it helps to pay the bills here. So, with that said, we're gonna jump into this episode. I hope you enjoy hearing us talk about Child's Play. Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, a podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. It's Scary Movie Month, so we're doing something a little bit different this month. We're revisiting some of the first movies and classic slasher franchises, and we're bringing a whole party of our friends along to talk it out. Our next stop is the reason we're even afraid of your toys, Child's Play. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, my co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? And the Academy Award for Best Action One-Liner from a Tiny Child goes to. Right? This kid is great. For kids I, in horror movies, it's like this kid and the kid from Babadook. Babadook yeah. kid was like, yeah, let's, home awesome. let's yeah. like engineering prodigy my way out of this. This movie, the 80s action movie influence on this movie is what jumped out at me more than anything else. Yeah. Like This movie had car chases and shootouts. <laughs> We will, we will talk about all that, but let me get everybody else introduced. First up, you know them and love them from Talking Comics. It's Steve Say and Bronwyn Kelly Say. Guys, good to see you again. Thanks for hey, having man. us back. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Oh, we always love to have you guys. And speaking of back again, our good friend and educator, Emmanuel Lipscomb. It's great to see you again, Emmanuel. I'm excited to be here and talk about legally distinct but murderous dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> also, you last heard her when we were talking about A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, 
or perhaps from her own podcast, Old Gods of Appalachia. It's Cam Collins. How are you, Cam? Doing great. Uh, really excited to talk about this movie that until this week I hadn't seen since I was, I don't know, 15. <laughs> I've literally never seen this movie until this week. So I like yesterday Aww. is the first time actually sitting down and watching it, which Me is too. wild. Now that we've been through all of our old friends, we have one new friend tonight, a friend, a longtime friend of mine, but he is a writer and has written for such characters as Loki, Lockjaw, Santa's husband and Stephen Colbert. He's currently writing for The Inside Job, coming out today, October 22nd on Netflix, Daniel Kibblesmith. Daniel, welcome. Hello. People can't see, but I'm waving. You guys can see. <laughs> People at home can't see that I'm waving. At We're them. all waving back to you. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to have finally seen this for the first time and also to confront my childhood trauma of being afraid of the trailer. Wow. We have so many new people to this movie. I love this. This was also (laughs) my first time watching it. This was a movie. For me, it was like for a long time, I was too young to watch it. And then at the point I was was old enough to watch it, Chucky had digressed full on into that like Bride of Chucky phase where it was like a whole different (laughs) thing than this. And I, I never... I've never watched any of it, so it was really interesting. Keeping all of that in mind, I have a story for you later on that (laughs) when you consider when I saw this movie and what happened promptly after, it's it's disturbing. I'm very excited to hear this. I like trauma coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so this movie is directed. Are we going to learn what makes Steve Steve? Uh, Pretty much. I've dubbed it Steve's Twisted Tales of Childhood Trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Gasp of anticipation. We'll get get into it a little later. So this is directed by Tom Holland, but not that Tom Holland. Keep expecting Umbrella. The the Microsoft system through which you rent movies on your Xbox thinks it's Spider-Man that directs this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Who was a child when this movie came out. Was he even alive? No. There's no way Tom Holland was alive. There was no way he was alive. I'm sorry. I was a child when this movie came out. Tom Holland would have to be older than me to have. Yeah. Yeah, no. Because there's no way... Yeah, Tom Holland would have been older than me to right? Yeah, see, Tom Holland yeah. is a fetus. Like he, he's a seen, lovely, lovely gift to the world this fetus, movie. <laughs> unless there's a time, unless there's a one hell of a time loop situation going on. I, I mean, Peter Parker was twenty something. <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed for how funny I think that was. <laughs> Don't be. It's amazing. That was this a is, killer line. I this is the it. twist for Spider-Man: No Way Home. We find out that he directed Child's Play. Yes, <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, he also directed Fright there Night, and then some movies that are less popular, like Psycho Two and Stephen King's Thinner. Yeah, this is definitely Child's Play and Fright Night are definitely like his top two. And I, oh, I oh, there's, Fright there's, Night, embarrassingly, the other like horror movie I haven't seen. Uh, definitely the top one of those two by far over child's play (laughs) yeah so it definitely uh, explains chris sarandon all right it explains like chris sarandon's presence in this film and chris sarandon again this isn't even me getting political about the nature of policing this is just me as someone who has watched at least one horror movie a week for over a year now there has been a police character in almost all of them this was the first time ever that the cop character was in any way useful. This was <laughs> unprecedented. 
<laughs> How many of those police characters are in the opening shot in a shootout wearing a, a beautiful cream colored cable knit sweater? <laughs> I might have to rewatch the first purge. <laughs> yeah, double check. See Police. if that's a go-to look. Police in '88 really, uh, really love those cable knit sweaters as part of their uniforms. I mean, is that the, the the origin story for Knives Out? Like, what is even happening? Here? That's the There's some overlap. Yeah, Chris Sarandon's look in this is like is about like seventy percent Knives Out. I can't separate. Okay, there's a useful cop plus all of the others '80s action movie like influences. Now I'm thinking about Reagan, and now I'm having a bad time. Why do you have to give me a useful cop child's play? Chris Sarandon I mean, is, in this is no, like the missing link between, the Reagan... between Knives Out and the mom in Friday the Thirteenth, uh, who is also running around murdering people in a nice cable knit sweater. There's yes. a line where they have where he's like, I believe you, but who's going to believe me? I'm like, you are two white Chicago cops in 1988. Everyone is going to believe you. <laughs> every single person will every believe ju- you. It's every fine. jury they can put together will believe you. Like, if they're w- not going to believe you, they won't believe real. anyone. <laughs> you That's can the make last it more line, outlandish right? if you want. Oh, so wait, you're saying the cops are bad allies? Is that what we're getting at? Like, they're <laughs> I mean, just... I think Ben is I think that Ben is is right on to be thinking about Reagan because this is a movie where the the catalyst for the monster coming into their lives is uh, deregulation of marketing towards children that this um, they don't hit it too hard but there's definitely some commentary here about like the good guy franchise and really being part of this this uh, ecosystem that uh, the little boy Andy has like fully bought into. He's wearing the clothes. Mm-hmm. He's watching the show. He's making breakfast by himself. Yeah. yeah. He's guilt tripping say- his poor single mother who works retail into buying him this shit. Oh, right. Uh, it's <laughs> so bad. I quite he was realized. Being fully raised by and indoctrinated by this by this entertainment. Like franchise. you know that if this was today right now, it would be Paw Patrol. Oh yeah. Yes, it would be Paw Patrol. Watched a murderous Paw Patrol, but it's right? very of its time. Like the the it's it feels so much like a late '80s. Like there's a lot of Teddy Ruxpin in this for sure. I mean, my yeah. buddy. Oh obviously. yeah. Least, it, my buddy dolls also. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It is my buddy so is like based the, on. It is yeah. actually based on my buddy. Like that is yeah. actually yeah. one of the the the. Um, similar but legally no, distinct. No question. Yes. Legally similar distinct. but legally distinct. <laughs> legally distinct. Yes. But I the like talking it. and the, the animatronic <laughs> component and the companion cartoon show, uh, all of that uh, reminds me of, you know, I was I was yeah. the kid's age. You know, I was born in 1983. Yeah. And that yeah, the talking and everything's very Teddy Ruxpin. It's like, Absolutely. wow. Before I realized that there was a show and the child was dressed as the character from the show. I had this brief moment of like, what sort of David Lynch meta nightmare am I in? Where like, this kid is eating a cereal and that himself is on the box. What's going on? What kind of Graham Morrison craziness is this? <laughs> that is pretty Lynchian. Well, I, I just can't, I can't ever since you said it would be Paw Patrol, I just keep like in my mind i was like oh it's absolutely the cop dog that's killing people yes chase is definitely murdering people oh no (laughs) chase made a pact with the devil and he has to bring in so many other pups okay no this this is the thing that has to happen you know that right like you actually have to make this happen now there's your fanfic for the website (laughs) yes fucking writing it i am doing that can we talk about this toy store that we're in at the beginning of the movie it's so got like 
I like yeah, we the have toy a, store a because car chase and shootout that winds up in a toy store, which um, it's not not a problem at all. It's very eighties. Yeah, so good. I feel like the toy store is what would make this movie really hard to adapt because this opening just isn't as satisfying in an Amazon fulfillment center. <laughs> this movie much scarier. Though. This movie has fireball <laughs> islands. In the There's background. the potential for robots in an Amazon fulfillment center. Oh my god, that's the movie where it goes into the body of Amazon, like that Amazon whatever no, weird ass robot they just unveiled. This is the child's play and then iRobot like crossover, you, you know? You guys, yes. are, you guys are perhaps unintentionally describing the very recent reboot of Child's Play. Yeah, spoilers, but that's exactly what they did about 18 months ago. Oh my god, I did not realize that. <laughs> but I no, I agree with Ben that it's... Know that was the plot of it. So, so this movie, uh, I desperately wanted to talk about Child's Play because this has haunted me my entire life. Seeing the seeing the commercial and um, being too scared to watch it until I was in you know my late 30s. But exactly. uh, Ben is totally right. It wants to be an 80s action movie so bad, and it demystifies a lot. I guess it's horror. Like I guess it's horror, and I guess it's slasher. But for the first 10 minutes, it is fully an 80s cop movie. Oh yeah, there's a lot of 80s cop movie DNA in this film. We were talking about um, well, we were talking about Malignant the other day, which is a whole other thing. But so amazing. It's a whole lot of things. But we were talking about oh, yeah. the, still not sure what. We were it talking about things. the late 90s, early 2000s, like horror movies about cops, like cops versus some sort of supernatural force or like seven or things like that. And this movie is sort of the opposite of that. Like it starts with an action movie and then changes into a horror movie. Whereas so many of those movies start as a horror movie and then like the last 30 minutes are an action. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Wild. I mean, not knowing, I think that's a real, that's a real common, I don't want to say mistake, but it's a path of least resistance. It's like, if you're not totally sure how to end your movie, uh, then yeah, people come in with guns or flamethrowers or you, you blow everything up. But no, you're, you're right. This movie has a lot of explosions throughout. Like amazing explosions. Oh, they blew we're going to talk about those explosions. That house? <laughs> they fucking wrecked that house. Okay, I have a question that relates gone. to that strongly because there's, he blows up the house to, kill his former henchman uh Eddie buddy Caputo. neil yeah, yeah uh, Eddie great Caputo. henchman name with no like, explanation whatsoever none why does Just he cause. need a henchman <laughs> he is a voodoo practicing murderer like he's specifically okay. a strangler but you never hear anything not... about what's going on with him it's like no he's the strangler of who what happened they don't tell you you never no. know why like, has he got an accomplice i don't understand eddie is the getaway <laughs> driver from what there's no heist he's not stealing anything he's also a shootout the, the, the chris sarandon yells uh i've got him i've got the strangler and then they're shooting shooting at each other and shooting a gun is a very unstrangler kind of murder yeah it's a very unstrangler but like thing. every fancy ass murderer just wants to have a henchman you know, like you want to have a henchman, somebody who's expendable, somebody you can throw at the police. You know, you just murderers don't get their own coffee. You have to send someone on air. You so. have to have a henchman. <laughs> Everybody knows this. It's like you know the evil so, league of evil, and then the henchman league, right? Like my question about the totally Bronx is like, a straight up Batman villain. Yeah. Why did he blow it up? Like that's the kind of thing that like a villain does if you don't want to trace it back to you. But you're a doll at this point. Like, <laughs> like what do you have to hide from? <laughs> 
It's not right? a... no, no one would no one would suspect you. You're dead. Well, okay. To, in dog. defense of in defense of the the film to a point, I think that they are they spend the first half I think kind of really struggling with their own internal logic and kind of acknowledging <laughs> that, <laughs> acknowledging that Chucky is a doll, right? Like Chucky for the first half of the movie is a doll. So the first person, you know, and I, I, like, we'll talk about it in order, I guess. But the first person he kills, it's kind of like a weird fluke thing. The second person he kills, it's like oh, it's a gas leak and an explosion but by the end he does just like fully have super strength they run out of like clever ways that a doll sized doll could kill people and then he just becomes michael myers but you know 18 inches high deeply need to have a conversation about these yeah yeah consistent consistently changing utterly baffling yeah, I'm just like, what internal logic? What internal logic? At a certain point, I really wasn't sure how strong was Chucky and just how weak was Karen. Okay, like, (laughs) no, no, like, legitimately, I have questions. Okay, so, like, leverage that this doll has access to. This doll, this doll is 18 inches tall, like maybe 20. Okay, I'll give you 20. I don't speak. It's made of stuffing. No like, <laughs> they say repeatedly that it's made of stuffing. Like, this you is a cabbage patch. It okay, it's got a hard head and a stuffing body and hard hands, maybe. But how does it have active joints? How? I mean, I get it. Magic. I get it. So, like, the voodoo <laughs> kill, that was actually weirdly the most believable. <laughs> Because I don't have this weird stuffy trying to apply, like, totally, totally inappropriate leverage. Like, this what is happening? Explain, for people who haven't seen the movie, you might need to explain what you mean by the voodoo kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. It takes so, a real I, third act, third act left turn where yeah. it kind of tries to explain, like, okay, well, like, what exactly has been happening? This yeah, so, I, I did not, yes, yeah. If you're a fan of other slasher movies and the ones we've done, like Friday the 13th, Halloween, that flirt with the supernatural without ever really going fully into why these supernatural (laughs) things are happening that's not how child's play does it Mm. child's play wants to give you in excruciating detail all of the rules and the explanations for why all of these things are happening poorly they want to do it poorly in this first scene he's shot by chris sarandon and is falling down onto like toys and he grabs this chucky and my first thought was, this strangler knows a strange amount of Latin. Uh, he <laughs> just starts chanting right? on, the, on the Chucky doll. Some and Latin, like, some random shit. Oh, God. It's so right? bad. Also, it's yeah. supposed to be voodoo. Why would you be speaking Latin? I would not. Okay. Thank you. Speaking some Latin, some random babbling um you know coming up with you know citing the names of various you know gods from different pantheons from atrs like it's it's so bad it's so terrible they just couldn't decide which culture to take from and (laughs) he's walking around this closed toys and i gotta find someone i gotta find someone and again, like this movie kept giving me like big questions that it then like answered. I'm like, wait, is this guy intentionally trying to put his soul into a doll? And I'm like, oh, fucking yeah. And spell lightning yeah. and everything. Th- this was plan A. Okay. Was that just convenience? Because I feel like if I'm in the 80s and I have to put my soul in something, I'm going for like Optimus Prime. Like I'm going to choose right? a transformer and like be cool for the rest of the movie. Not this is what I'm saying. Doll. Who picks the who goes for the cabbage patch I mean, kid? They were die-cast metal back then. Optimus Prime would be a little difficult. At the very least, G.I. Joe, he comes with the Kung Fu grip. <laughs> 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 Which
which okay yes. when we're wielding the hammer would have come in handy because otherwise i have no idea how that tiny little bit of foot how dense is the stall <laughs> okay and i was dying i was dying watching this when you have people like, okay so i have this thing where when i'm watching movies and something starts to happen that doesn't work with the physics it occasionally will throw me out and it will make me laugh it'll like occasionally oh shut up okay so <laughs> i have a problem okay i math i math hard <laughs> anyway so oh, i'm watching this yeah exactly um and these so even with you have a normal sized person fighting a normal sized person you know like they're similarly sized and they're like strangling and you have something this is a very easy grip to break there are very very so i get it you know like you're stressed somebody's trying to kill you you're not thinking straight okay all right i'll forgive you for not breaking that you have a doll <laughs> you have a doll on you trying to strangle or stab you this doll weighs a kilo max <laughs> eat that thing what is happening <laughs> Yeah, it's a very short movie. There's a scene where they run in and the doll is attacking is is attacking and chanting over the boy. And like Chris Sarandon and the mom both run in. And Chris Sarandon reaches down and picks the doll up and kind of tosses him to the side. I was like, punt him. Punt him through the fucking window. Like, Open a window and toss why him. Why bother putting no, their hands right? over there? They really like making sure to just kind of wrestle with him while keeping him in like, well, making sure to no keep sense. him in fighting range. Like, I just, what is happening? What are these teeth made of? What kind, what doll teeth are these made of that he's just routinely biting people? And that's the second <laughs> so time bizarre. Chris Karan, uh, Chris Randon absolutely gets his ass handed to him by a toy. Because there's also the sequence where Chucky is stabbing through the back of his seat and he... Yep. The, oh, uh, the, one of many Mr. Pulls. Bean? <laughs> like Mr. Bean. Yeah, the, this movie has a car chase. Has like not a, a one car car chase. <laughs> yeah, an action sequence where the police car ends up upside down, uh, and this is where <laughs> this is where Chucky gets shot, uh, and that's when they start the the very late in the film uh, a revelation about uh, Chucky gradually turning human the longer he's in the body, and like the nature of how the nature of how he came to be, and the voodoo magic, and yeah it is a it is a late game decision they were like I, oh crap we forgot to oh, yeah. any of this i maintain yeah, like, that that, that is... part is actually still more believable than an adult-sized person being held down by a doll i do love it's that scene scary, though too yeah. of chucky just being like you can't hurt me only to immediately then be hurt <laughs> yeah it's quite that's quite funny i do like that a lot yeah, 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 and i don't great. know if it's intended to be funny but that is a very funny moment <laughs> he gets shot and flies backwards there's a lot of chucky you know we are talking about him being like unnaturally strong compared to the the humans he's attacking but there is a lot of him getting like knocked around and thrown backwards that is always very funny to me (laughs) so are we supposed to take that like as humor because that was my thing is i like you didn't watch this until i was 37 because the idea was terrifying and then i get to it i'm like this is ridiculous. This yeah. is what I was afraid of my whole now, Chucky, <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's yeah, what I wanted to watch. This funny to me at like 12 it. years old. All right. Chucky okay. talks yeah. the way I was expecting Freddy to talk in the first Friday the 13th. <laughs> you know, like, the wild thing. But me, I guess what, what Freddy builds up to, Chucky's just there from day one. Yeah, the, the wild thing to me is the first half hour of this movie, well, minus the initial action scene, but the first chunk of this movie where he's carrying around the doll 
and he keeps saying that the doll is telling him to do things and then there's like the scene where he starts to talk to the doll and the doll checks to see if the mom is still waiting outside the door before deciding whether or not to like Mm -hmm. give a stock doll response or to actually talk to the kid is like that's scary like that first section is a really well-made suspense movie and then the moment that the mom is like fucking talk or i'm gonna set you on fire and chucky starts cursing at her and like it's like you should never mess with me bitch is like this is a very different movie all of a sudden (laughs) there's two things like there's one part in that like i wanted to take the themes of the movie seriously and then another part that made it impossible for me to ever take this movie seriously (laughs) like i like that it's one of these slasher films where the focus is on the parent because i feel like so much of the it's always been about like the parents fear without the genre has been about like the fears of parents without ever actually focusing on the parents and i like how again you see it through like through urban horror versus suburban horror and i just really like the way those themes uh, come on, once again, like I really like Karen as a working single mother uh, protagonist. She, uh, like, I really like just seeing that be our lead character in a slat in like one of these slasher films. On the other hand, it has a scene where a little boy plays bad cop in a police interrogation with his own doll, demanding it talks, and then he punches it right in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> Which was yes. amazing. It's incredible. It was it's so inc- good. It's incredible. <laughs> which I can I rewound that like and just watch that on loop. Just him doing just him punching Chucky. But at which point I'm like, I can't do anything but laugh at this movie. I think it's also wild because like yeah. Charles E. Ray hasn't shown himself to have for straight. Imagine being in the Chucky doll, you're in the police headquarters, and this kid is just punching right. you like, can't kill him now, gotta kill him later. Like later. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, for internal dialogue error, like quotes or something, that would have been so amazing. <laughs> I, I think you guys are, I think you guys are dead right. Like what, while you're, while you're, you're unpacking it, I, I agree with all of this stuff. That it really feels like, uh, it really feels like three different movies that are, I think, a little more than the the sum of its parts. Because there's also the, you know, this is also very like uh, horror trope, but the theme of. Uh, I have an abuser and no one believes me. You know, there's that line <laughs> where there's the line where uh, uh, Andy, the little boy full on says, uh, he told me that if I told anybody, he would kill me. Uh, and it, it kind of, you know, it and nobody believes him. Oh, nobody, mo- nobody believes the Karen child. looks him dead in the eyes and says, nobody believes you. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh God, what? That, that is going to fucking traumatize that kid. Like, yeah. be, you know, beyond the murder doll. <laughs> no, then but the, honestly, that's the thing that he's going to be talking uh, about in therapy. <laughs> yeah. and he, right. And he ends up, he ends up in the mental hospital where no one believes him, which is another big, up, like on the fucking rack from Marvel comics. Like he's in the world. <laughs> yeah. They put we this child in a cartoon insane asylum. Yeah, with like full <laughs> on white Tiles, low and fluorescent lights, yeah. which these police officers kind of it's hinted that he's totally going to like you know give this kid shock therapy. Like oh what the fuck? Yeah. Calendar man is in the room was, right across from him. Like, that's right. That execution scene was murder. Brutal. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Uh, but, but that doctor know, like, is in the process of trying to give Andy like a big syringe, like sedation. Like again, they're just yeah. like grabbing stuff from other movies and kind of slamming it all together. That but part they made me really care about what they're doing, and it kind <laughs> yeah. of ultimately works. <laughs> it's weird, but it I does. Mean, oh man, it's like the speed at which 
they just immediately go from zero to, I think this tiny child is a mass murderer. Right? This child intentionally blew up a house with gas. Okay. And well, the right. competing theory is magic doll. Let's be fair. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. true. The competing also, theory is magic doll. Fair. I mean, uh, so okay. Those are my two options. Accidentally <laughs> blew, like blew up the house with a after he blew out the pilot light. Like yeah, like that seems okay, like the most but, reasonable yeah. explanation. But also, can we talk it really a little does. Bit about the fact that we have a house that is so in disrepair that the only thing that looks healthy in this house are the rats. Okay. Very healthy rats. I hope Very the rats got like, out okay. Re- I right, do. They're really nice looking rats, okay? I mean, I'm like looking at the rats like, are these just pets? They Oh my god. Clean. They they they're look clean. happy. They're fat and sassy. Like these are nice yeah. looking rats, okay? And all I know is like, Eddie, what's your fucking plan? You got to get the hell out of town. It's well, been days. You're it's still been days and you're just you're still a short train ride from Chicago in your last known location. What the fuck? But his last known location has it has <laughs> no like the floors aren't finished. Like they they're, they're like they're oh active poles. There's no fucking... there's no furniture. There's nothing. Everything has fallen apart. It's all ripped to shreds. And somehow it has an active gas line. Who is paying this? Buddy, stuff? you got to get your ass to at least St. <laughs> Louis. And okay, also, how much gas is building up in that room to cause that explosion in that short amount of time? Right, because like, I gotta tell you, a question for a scientist. That is not the uh, well, normal flow rate. I'm just like, like this is definitely there. gonna be my question. Actually, about it, I'm like, uh, I'm like watching this. I'm like, I really don't think this is how physics works with this explosion. At I'm all. gonna put it out there. Maybe it you is blow not. up the kitchen. <laughs> Maybe you blow up the kitchen. Maybe it was that but... super satisfying '80s like. Big fireball explosion. Yeah, I mean, yep. it was beautiful, totally. but I was like, mm, I have questions. <laughs> Between the explosion and all of the real uh, crashes and glass shattering during the one car uh, chase scene, it had some real 80s energy going to it. it was oh, nice. When he's just kind of, I guess, choking uh, Chris Randon with the wires, and but not really, and he's just doing nothing to fight back against it. <laughs> Nothing at all. I want to say again, Chris Sarandon in this scene first just lets yeah, this doll him. choke him, and then like the doll starts stabbing through the seat, and so he's like, oh, huh, ah, I'll move this way and this way, like it's a like he's a fucking muppet, and then like the doll starts stabbing I mean, through the bottom he- of the seat, and like I said, he goes full on Mr. Bean, like he's halfway up the back of the chair, <laughs> steering, well- like still driving. It's like. Just stop the fucking car and get out. Over. What the hell? You're a police <laughs> officer. You're endangering so many people right now. If like this movie, movie works, wanted- and I think it does, it all hinges upon being like beaked out by what is happening. <laughs> like the only Pretty way, the only way I mean, anything fair. in this movie makes sense is if you and you have to have so much suspension of disbelief on the, the part of the audience. But the only way that this together, and I, and I, I will defend it is that everybody is so unnerved by this creepy little literally alive doll they're so disarmed by uh his his appearance and his presence and also like everything they know you know magic is real like they're they're so disarmed in the moment (laughs) that they make a bunch of really bad decisions like people do in slasher movies and honestly that's the the only (laughs) way to explain (laughs) only death because honestly that hammerhead clearly only knocks her back like 
two steps and then the rest is just like ah oh she's evil evil. Evil. Yeah. just flings herself out yeah. and this and to their credit i don't even blame her so many insert <laughs> shots of like uh of like karen hitting her leg on the you yeah. know it, it has a lot of like when people are like and it happens to curse random scared a bunch of times he gets all these little minor injuries and they go through a lot of trouble show that he is like impaired in some way because if they're not impaired <laughs> in some way <laughs> Obviously, they would just swat Chucky across the room. Every I'm time. telling you, yeet that guy. Yeah, like, I gotta say, <laughs> yeah. well, like, Halloween would Child's be a, a lot doesn't different. exist in universe, right? Yeah. So we've yeah. all, I'm sure, since seeing Chucky, like, oh, I would definitely like punt that kid through like the field goal, or whatever. Right. But like in universe, they don't. They haven't been making these plans for 20 years. They're just like, oh my god, it's a murderous doll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck? So yeah, they just short take it for granted it. that this is really <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> then it's a very upsetting thing that they're all going through. <laughs> no, I, I do get what you're saying. Halloween would be a way different movie if Michael Myers was like yeatable sized. No, <laughs> 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 Michael Myers Michael sounds Myers. like a really funny movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> like what if Michael Myers, but we just keep him at when he's like six years old. He's and just, he's, just... he's just a lazy little cute Michael Myers. Very exactly. small, very adorable. Oh, like, he's a little fierty. We skip the... <laughs> Part where he goes to the mental hospital and grows up, and it's just that one Halloween where he's just a really stabby six-year-old. <laughs> First Halloween, Halloween Zero. Oh my but let's God. let's talk about the other part of this 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 uh, the the car fight after the car flips and Chucky's like stabby stabby stabby. That's so perfect. <laughs> but then it's like okay, you kind of got him where you want him. The car is flipped. He's disoriented. Probably has a head injury. He's not defending himself well. And instead of just like killing him, Chucky's like, "I'm just gonna run around the car." Stabby, 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 stabby. Oh, now I'm behind the fucking car where I could just get shot. Why? Why? That was the believable part to me because if I'm the villain, I'm definitely gonna tease you. Like I'm gonna be like, running around this fucking shit. Like, like you can't I love it. Like, the, the creepiness is just him intentionally being like, look at my creepy ass doll body. I'm just gonna run around and creep him out with my creepy doll body. You got your ass kicked by a cabbage um, patch, cop. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely one of the most stylish uh, CV. Uh, <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. It's among the better. It's among the better. Yeah, the better composed and directed because Chris Randon is upside down and he's looking through a shattered window, and there's yeah. all this blue street light coming in, and you see the little legs. You know, the little legs running around. And I think mm-hmm. it's pretty. It, you know, like does the logic hold up? Not really, but I think it's very, it's very effective. We're not here for the logic. Let's be fair. Honestly, I'll give No one is in this in this for the logic at all. In this not movie, so Chris Randon is really good at at his portrayal of completely overwhelmed but trying his best <laughs> yes spot on that is exactly what he's able yeah 100 <laughs> percent. in fact i think both the like adult leads in this movie really really bring the amount of like drama that they need to to make this work mm-hmm. that they're just both like oh my god i can't take any more of this shit <laughs> i don't have the spoons for this what is happening what is happening <laughs> like i loved how quick karen went to like all right if you don't talk i'm just gonna set you on fire <laughs> yeah. i i unironically adore like i love that scene where she is like at the end of a rope and she's reading the box on of chucky's stuff she's like oh whatever and she goes to throw it away and the batteries fall out yeah. and it's like oh shit <laughs> 
Like, yeah. like, we all know like that, that was good. On. Like, I already yeah. know that Chucky is alive and evil and has a murder man soul in it. <laughs> but when those batteries all that's still just such a good like. And then the other shoe jumps was like, oh shit! Like, I almost wish I did. Like, I almost wish that could have been a twist like for us too. It's so effective. Yeah, yeah. it's good Followed storytelling by, too. Yeah. Because Followed I feel by like the ten minute lesser... sequence of her running down the stairs as the elevator goes slowly <laughs> down. Although, can I we talk about that building? The, the fa- oh my god, that building's amazing. Mm-hmm. But we can we talk a little bit about the fact that an '80s doll coming with batteries included is probably the least believable part of this movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, every commercial, right? every commercial was very explicit that that was off the table. Batteries not <laughs> not included. There's no there's no such thing. But no, I, I agree with Emmanuel. I think it's such it's you know it's movie it's movie logic. It's it's almost like comic book logic. It's right. like it's like cleaner than clean. It's like the kind of idea that you do in the pitch meeting to make them say oh shit. Uh, but uh, it it works, you know. It's fun. It, it's a, it's a bit of a leap to be like the doll doesn't have batteries in it, therefore magic is real. But for the parameters of this movie, totally, it, it did. It I actually worked. The tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the bottom of the poster. <laughs> oh, and I then somewhere it. along the way, it got mixed up, and that ended up being the tagline on the Gremlins Two poster. And then nobody noticed because it made as much sense as anything else in Gremlins Two. <laughs> But where's the lie? <laughs> I will defend Gremlins too to my dying breath. As well, you should. It's Especially incredible. vegetable Gremlin. <laughs> I don't remember Gremlins too. That didn't help. <laughs> oh, vegetable oh, Gremlins, Gremlins the best, and back Gremlins. Back Gremlins great too. I will. I will send you the key and peel skit. That's all you need to know about Gremlins too. <laughs> So it, it is worth noting that this movie's original title was Batteries Not Included until it until they discovered that Steven Spielberg was also making a movie called Batteries it's Not also, Included. Yeah. And then uh, the then it changed to board? Blood Buddy, uh, which thankfully they did not nope, go don't with. don't like that. Don't <laughs> like Blood no, Buddy. No, that's, that's terrible. I kind of like that. Awful. The child's play. <laughs> See, Blood Buddy is too close to my buddy. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't cool. do that. And so I was reading, again, like in the trivia, they were saying that one of the plot details they're going to have is that the good guy dolls have latex skin that would tear and have like blood come out and you had to go get bandages. So this whole thing happens when he does like a blood what pack with one of the dolls. What an insane idea like, for a toy is, is that? That bizarre, kind but... of sick fucking serial killer training toy is also, that? Like the, all of this happening because you did a blood pack with a fake doll. Yeah. I just... And the reason that they scrapped it was because they didn't think the blood doll would sell. (laughs) They're correct. I don't know that this doll would sell. I I don't have a good handle on how popular my buddy was in real life, but uh, Chucky, you know, it's a horror movie. Like Chucky looks creepy. And that's also part of the suspension of disbelief is that you're supposed to, like Chucky's baseline is very creepy, which Mm -hmm. works for uh, the audience at home. But for the parents, like no one ever... If this movie was made today, and you know it kind of was a bunch of times, I guess. Uh, I haven't seen the most recent one, but Aubrey Plaza is the kind of actor who would look at Chucky, and we would all be kind of like very above it all and in on the joke. And I'm guessing there are lines where it's like, oh, this thing's kind of creepy. Like even before it comes to life and starts murdering people, I think to make this movie now, you'd have to have some acknowledgement that like Chucky is a very weird design. <laughs> At this point, I think we all acknowledge that dolls are creepy. I would love like Chucky goes to Bushwick. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Aubrey Plaza can sell anything. So (laughs) 
It's true. Seen people it does make me wonder, like, like Chucky for sure. A toy that like would have been that popular, and you know, theoretically, a real life serial killer could have put his soul into in a theoretical voodoo ritual during an '80s shootout. <laughs> um, like, how scary could? murderous tickle me elmo have ended up oh okay no no i actually have a scary 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 murder elmo story so <laughs> okay does go on i do okay. as well so does it involve Times square it does not no. okay then no. my interest ramps up because a murder elmo in Times square is just like yeah, well, well, yeah Times square. <laughs> no so Obviously. i I was at a like a bachelorette party with some of my girlfriends and we had too much to drink and we were all staying over at my friend's house and sleeping at various places in the house. And she had her husband take their small child um, away for the night so that we could just be ridiculous as you do. Um, and <laughs> she had a like a tickle me Elmo or a playtime Elmo or naptime Elmo. But one of the things was that it had programmed um vocal settings so at certain times of the day it said hey do you want to do this or it had like little things in that elmo voice right um but you know it was one of those toys where she played with it for you know like constantly for that little bit of time and then the new thing came along and she kind of forgot about it so it was buried at the bottom of some kind of toy chest or something and the batteries had started to die so <laughs> the little time setting thing kind of got lost in the shuffle and so q we're at this bachelor party we've had way too much to drink we're all sort of passed out at three o'clock in the morning in the various stages of undress in the basement and this horrifyingly creepy elmo voice says don't you want to sleep with me magnificent incredible i am not sure i have ever been that terrified in my life i i ran so fast up the stairs just like nope <laughs> i might I'm have out. that beat i might have that beat <laughs> are my, you ready for this i, I have yeah, one that's not going to beat that i just want to say my parents used to have a furby that the light sensor was uh Ooh. off on so in the middle of the night it would just start laughing Oh, God. Oh, that's, pretty good. that's pretty good i don't have a story Absolutely i'm not. just disappointed that whatever rush of 90s nostalgia there was didn't give us a tamagotchi based horror movie <laughs> oh, right? there's absolutely still time so <laughs> yeah, that's true i was 18 years old i was in the stony brook hospital in long island new york i had just had bowel resection surgery and was recovering with my intestines on the outside of my body. They had no room on the regular adult floors for me, so they had to put me in the pediatric section. Who was at the pediatric section in the middle of the day to cheer up all the children? Somebody dressed as Tickle Me Elmo, who was going around to all the different rooms to burst in and cheer up the children. <laughs> there I am with my button o morphine completely drugged out of my gourd, practically hallucinating. <laughs> and this tickle me Elmo bursts into the room, <laughs> comes in and goes to tickle my exposed stomach. Oh my God. While I'm in the hospital bed. Oh no. I, my two of my friends are standing there visiting me. 
and I just freaked oh out God. and my <laughs> fist. Have you ever seen the Everlong video from Foo Fighters? When the yes. fist sure, yeah. So my fist just blows up and I lunge out and crack the Elmo right in the corner where the nose meets the mask. And it just kind of tilts off to the side and they stagger out of the room. The following day, and I still have this, it's downstairs in the basement where you are, Bronwyn. I drew Elmo, and this is really dark, so I apologize. I drew Elmo hanging from a noose, and it said, no Elmos, please. And I put it on the outside of my hospital room door. Oh my Somewhere, God. somewhere on some other podcast right now, that Elmo is telling the same story. <laughs> Guys, the time I was cheering up children in the hospital. Try tickling this guy's stomach, you know, like the nice fella I am. Listen, weirdo. He totally punched me. Exposed what the fuck? guts coming out of his stomach, jumps out of the hospital bed. It was like the fight or flight, and I couldn't walk. So <laughs> I think the, I think the real important message to take away from this is. Ever is Steve put up that sign, and ever since then, no Elmos, <laughs> no Elmos. That sign, hundred no percent effective. That's just incredible. That is incredible. So yeah, needless to say, this is an Elmo-free zone. <laughs> that drawing is in. There's a box where you are. That's flat, like a white box. It's in there. It's totally in there. <laughs> oh man, all I've, got, all I've got is Times Square Elmo calling me the K word one time. Oh no! Oh, yeah. It's not great, but you know, anti-Semite Elmo. It's oh Times my god! Square. That was a, that was a thing think for a while. That yeah, version was popular. <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah, that one didn't sell. <laughs> Unlicensed Times Square characters. I don't know. Ever seen Pikachu harass people for money? <laughs> Times oh. Square. Yeah. Hate crime me Elmo is not as popular. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. For which I am eternally grateful. <laughs> now that's a digressively horrified right there. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one. I also have a Chucky story. All right, let's hear it. Chucky cheese story. Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to be able to fit this in here, but I need to tell it. Right. Uh, so I'm just going to go now. Now, many of you are meeting me for the first time, so I don't know how this is going to go for first impressions. <laughs> I just want to preface this story with the fact that my father was a very loving, creative individual. And regardless of what happens in this story, I love him very much. <laughs> so oh no. this oh, sounds yeah. distinctly like the beginning of a Batman story. Right? You, yeah, it just... I sense I sense a butt coming on. Well, you were all talking about when you saw this movie for the first time. I saw this movie for the first time when it came out. I grew up in a house where horror movies were a normal thing. My very first movie in the theater was A Nightmare on Elm Street when I was three years old. I have watched horror movies for as long as I can remember. This was something that my dad and I shared. We got into it. He loved special effects. He would sit me down and explain to me how these movies were made. And it was like a family activity for us. Uh, my dad was also a little twisted, and here's an example of why. This movie came out, and at the time, my mom owned a doll called Patty Playpal, if anybody wants to look that up. And when she was a child, she decided to cut this thing's hair 
and to burn its face, not maliciously in any way, just, you know, kids doing kid things. And basically <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> wrecked, wrecked this wrecked this doll to the point where it was just very, very creepy. Think like very Annabelle. And if you sh- if you touched it, it would blink. And its eyes were all kind of like corroded over with mold from age. And this thing terrified me and my friends. We were deathly afraid of this. My dad knew this. We saw child's play. Promptly thereafter, my mom and my sister went on a twirling trip and it was just me and my dad. My dad decided to tell me that he had a surprise for me in the unfinished part of our basement and tied me (laughs) to a pole with the Patty Play Pal doll and left me down there and went up to his office and took took a phone call and left me screaming my ass off because he thought that it would be funny after we saw Child's Play. Oh, we're so ah, not funny. I still remember the color of the rope. I still remember everything. The worst part about it is that I've brought it up to him since and he denies it. He says he doesn't remember doing it. Holy shit. Yeah. Just, just for the sake of clarity. Uh, yeah. Was it funny? It doesn't seem like it would be. No, okay. no, no. It just, wasn't just, funny, but yeah, no, just, just funny. Funny. not at all. No, have, that's have, a like a long considered. Look, I've never tied anybody up. I don't think I'd probably remember. <laughs> that, here's the here's the thing. That's not, like, that's not like a jump scare, you know. It's like I thought you were gonna, oh like oh he's in the unfinished basement. He, he leaps out of the shadows. He's got the dolls, and the whole thing takes about a second. It's a very impulsive act. Tying someone up, you have so many opportunities to change your mind. He was a jokester. Him and his father, they would constantly was he? do. Th- <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Um, but I just, I, I have a prop and then I'll, I'll end my story. But like I said, I grew up with, with horror characters and I have here from my dad, this is one of one. It is a artist's uh, rendering of Jason, Freddie, uh, Jack Torrance and Michael Myers. Can't really see it on the camera, but right here on the bottom, it says, Stephen, always remember your childhood friends. Love dad. <laughs> that's quite nice that part's quite nice <laughs> i mean Ended on a happy note <laughs> my, my dad wasn't necessarily a horror movie fan but he didn't wasn't the most discerning okay <laughs> he would basically let me watch whatever i wanted to watch okay mm-hmm. and Same so here. like um he decided it was a good idea to take me to um the premiere or not the premiere but you know to when it was in the theaters to see pet cemetery yeah love it <laughs> i was quite young it was not it was this was a terrible plan <laughs> this was so bad all right it's not good but you know like yeah so uh, other you know other things oh sure you know he'd rented nine and a half weeks sure you can watch that whatever Oh, sad. Dad. My <laughs> mother would have died like had she known. The, the, but anyway, but yeah, but I, yeah, I want to like watch a call it. to action for kids, you know? That's like, oh, if you, <laughs> if you go bury your pet, then. You're talking about a uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, baby right? gauge? Yeah. Gage. Baby gauge. Baby gauge. Baby gauge. Baby gauge. Chucky has a little baby gauge in him. There's a lot of. Yeah. Here's like, my other takeaway from Child's Play is that the the actor, and I assume it's an actor for a lot of it, who is running around in the Chucky costume, especially when there's like 
uh, like getting kind of like tossed around or, uh, you know, doing stunts. You know, kind of getting uh, as much as you'd think. I Is believe it, it was actually the same baby from American Sniper. <laughs> it's, right. it's a it's a specialty gig um, but it, when there is a person in there i hope that that person is uh, right it's, it seems it seems like a rough gig and it doesn't seem like you know show business bad uh i don't know if that's a secret uh, that uh it's the kind of person on a set who in 1988 might not have had a lot of status and a lot of leverage in their career Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that they were treated well because uh, it seems like a it seems like a difficult task to bring Chuck. Yeah, they actually yeah. had like about seventy percent of all of the Chucky footage is uh, animatronics uh, from Kevin Yeager, and so they had puppeteers for the eyes, for the uh, eyebrows and the cheeks, and then for the uh, for the mouth, and then there was a controller for the lips, and they had. Um, Uh, Little people actors like running around doing the scenes with the stairs or when Chucky's standing in the window of the apartment and he's kind of getting down from the sink and hopping down onto the floor. Scenes like that. But a vast majority, they had made several different uh, animatronic puppets of Chucky and they were all like lever controlled. They had the burned one. They had one that was made entirely of cables so that you could do more stuff with the limbs. Uh, It was really, really, really wild. And that's something that you can absolutely give this movie is that the special effects are like mm-hmm. kind of good. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them are action effects, but then when you do get to Chucky and, um, you know, the, the editing, bet- the, the animatronics and the close-ups and the, the actors, you know, running in the, the little the little good guy outfit, it's, it's, it's like, it's pretty smooth. Even then, uh, even from the possible. 80s horror right. lightning, which every 80s horror movie has. Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah. we've got to do special effects That's lightning an exception. Now. That's an exception. But yeah, and no, that's even just... when it's, you can tell it's like, a person in the costume running around it still makes such a difference that chucky always feels real and they are in a way that like i don't think like any amount of cgi that you make that's like oh there is no actual doll there mm-hmm. like i feel like you would have taken out the movie so just yeah. that importance of whether it be puppet or person just making sure chucky always has a real physical presence yeah, yeah i chucky think a lot of the... the mental hospital is terrifying like <laughs> He looks out and he sees Chucky climbing those stairs and he's like, he's coming for me. Like, it's really, <laughs> yeah, it's really and good. The, the voice acting is also great. I mean, it's so rare that like, this is 1988. Like this is, this is later in the, you know, the kind of the pantheon of like the canonical slashers. Um, and Chucky's just uh, instantly iconic uh, in a way that is, is really, really hard to, to pull off. And like, in my opinion, hasn't happened a lot since. Yeah, this is a full decade after Halloween. Like, One uh, of the things I, yeah. I find really interesting about it is like, it's certainly, it's got a bit, uh, it's certainly got some class commentary going on there. Um, <laughs> like, let's let's ignore the fact that somehow, you know, uh, the kid's mom is affording this really nice apartment on, uh, on a retail salary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe New York was different in the 80s. I don't know. Oh, it's Chicago. It's Chicago. I'm from, oh, it's from, Chicago. Uh, I'm from Either way, outside. it's still super expensive. All it was right? very, but, very I important had to, look- to me that, uh, that I get to see all this uh, <laughs> Chicago stuff. My theory must- is that they own it. My theory is that they own it. Dad dies. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. They never do mention dad. Never mentioned dad, which I think is very, like, very conscious. Um, yeah. There's also no romance with Chris Sarandon. No, which is um, nice. I don't, think, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's especially yeah. coded in any direction, but there is a very, there's a very yeah. complete female friendship. 
uh, with yeah. this, this lady with yeah. a lot of moxie who is the babysitter. Uh, right. Like at, the be- at the beginning, yeah. like I, f- I was like, you know, rewatching it now as an adult and not just, you know, a kid. I'm like, oh God, are they, are they going to be like, is this all going to be about shaming single moms? Is it going to be, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh boy, you know, she's left her kid alone. It's all her fault, blah, blah. But then pretty quickly you see her at work and, you know, Oh, it's my, it's your kid's birthday. Too fucking bad. You got to work late. Was anyone else torn between being glad that that awful boss character never shows up again versus being disappointed you don't get to see him die? Hardcore. I so so wanted Chucky to murder that dude. (laughs) For the listeners at home. (laughs) In the department store, they have this terrible, this terrible boss who's so they have a sassy best friend and and a sassy boss who are at odds with each other. And a lot of this movie is an 80s cop movie, but there's also a 80s sitcom playing out uh, at the same time. And Cam, I totally agree with you about the the class commentary because obviously a lot of it is that she has this, she's a single mom, she has this uh, retail job, things are hard, they're sort of abusive to her there. Um, But the first thing I noticed was the, uh, you know, I'm also a child of the 80s, the country crock margarine container. (laughs) Yes. Time stamps it perfectly, but it's also totally a class signifier. Mm -hmm. I have to say, like, for me, like, so this movie came out in 88. Uh, I probably didn't watch it till I was like 12. So a few years later, but uh, I didn't know anybody with a My Buddy doll. But by God, all the rich kids had Teddy Ruxpins and I, and my family couldn't re- afford a Teddy Ruxpin. So like, I'm like 12 years old watching this movie. Like, yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. With <laughs> doll. It's gonna you kill you. Teddy Ruxpin was Suck the it. best because it didn't matter what you played in him; his mouth Not would move along to the music, right? So you could throw in anything, and he just started just, busting out raps. It was you awesome. Discover later yep. all the uses for Teddy Ruxpin. It's great. Hey, my my parents were like hardcore hippies. I was not allowed to watch anything that didn't like go through the parental filter first. So I was raised on Star Trek and Doctor Who and not a thing else other than Canadian television. (laughs) I just came out a little too late. So if it wasn't five robots that could turn into one big robot, I didn't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because this movie, you know, I knew a lot about what it's about you know child play about the the evil doll but i think is surprisingly progressive to me for what it is and when it is that there is so much to do with class in it that uh from like a i mean from like a feminist perspective it's certainly no nightmare on elm street but like that like the mom the single mom is the hero of this movie like without question Chris Sarandon yeah. is a doofus who doesn't know what's going on for most of the movie. <laughs> God. And yeah. then the kid is first an accomplice and then a victim. Um, and then so like the, by the yes, end. And then Schwarzenegger. Get, I hope that kid gets <laughs> to a hospital because he definitely got a concussion. Like, man, Chucky hit him, got him, like, bonked him, just squirt on the head with that bat. Kids <laughs> absolutely got, kids like spacing out and mom's like, Andy, focus. It's like he has a concussion. (laughs) You know what, though? You need to take your child to the ER. Exactly. I did appreciate the fact that they took head injury seriously in this movie, though. Like, 
you know, one shot and people went down. I'm like, finally, frick. Oh my God. Do you know the kind of damage a head injury like that'll do? Traumatic brain issue, man. <laughs> I appreciate that Chris Randon is, is limping around after he gets cut but once he goes down he doesn't get back up like he's just like all right i guess i'm just gonna fight the doll from here for a while i'm out <laughs> my leg is fucked up um yeah and i i, I love also the... don't know what to do with this information but the boy is named andy and has an alive doll which is also the plot of toy story oh damn <laughs> there is that yeah i, I do what want to talk about the Chucky? one the one what place is... where this movie really fails the progressive check, which is the race, Ooh. in which there is oh exactly my... one black person. Are you are you telling is... me that the one black person who is just a <laughs> super stereotypical voodoo witch doctor man might be horrid, yeah. horrid representation? <laughs> that's, that's rough. God, is that's that what so you're bad. suggesting, Jeremy? So that's terrible. Tough. Yeah, He's a literal magical Negro. Um, <laughs> Like, quite literally <laughs> like he, that. he does actual magic uh yeah. for on the positive side he seems to be a benevolent he he seems to be like Wait. oh you use this for bad purposes i taught you evil strangler man voodoo for good i don't know yeah, why what, you're doing what it, was this it for bad. purposes fuck off again the only information we're given judge of character the exactly. only information we're given about chucky is he's the strangler that's <laughs> it yeah morally this what was his did he pay for a class did he have to submit a resume <laughs> no he did uh, at one point community center so this is not only this is not only like a very regrettable portrayal, but it's also a huge information dump. And uh, Chucky has a we we alluded to it earlier. Chucky has a voodoo doll. This guy. So what 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 Chucky says is that he is a paying customer of some kind of uh, downtown Chicago voodoo priest uh, who teaches <laughs> you who teaches you magic to cheat death. And uh, just does it for money, I guess. Just like, you know, like having a, being a palm reader or something, you know. Which raises the question, how many other people are just walking around Chicago with the knowledge of how to put their souls into, into objects? <laughs> That's a really right? good question. Did anybody, you were going to say something about just, this guy. It's, it's weird to me that like a person is your mask fine, but you're like, it's clearly a white narrative where like, I'm so good at voodoo that I out voodoo the voodoo master. Like that's like, that doesn't it's so happen. bad. Like you, yeah. You, if you're like a journeyman voodoo priest, you're not going to suddenly like turn the tables on this guy. Like, surely no. he has like anti voodoo doll magic. <laughs> and why are you showing him where the voodoo doll is in the yeah, first that's place? That's terrible. Well, that's he, part of the okay. big exposition dump is Chucky just kind of dashes off a line about like, you shouldn't show your customers where you keep your your Which, your voodoo doll of yourself that you again, have for what some scene reason. scene was that? Nobody like, makes a voodoo doll like, of themselves. Hey, hey straight right? man, check out this thing man on me. I mean, Keep... and you wish you could scratch it so like <laughs> oh, well there you go <laughs> that's actually very clever i totally yeah that I totally would work that would work my skepticism about this process honestly like, I'm, I'm not as I'm, flexible uh, as i used to be i can't get I'm that i'm trying spot. to think of why he might it's be like, like, oh, making yeah, a voodoo just... doll of himself and i'm just thinking like look man the dating scene is real hard out there <laughs> <laughs> there's a tom Waits song in there i'm you sure there is place, <laughs> has anyone seen the trailer that came out today for the Chucky television series that's happening? I just no. discovered that that was a thing while researching. <laughs> I didn't know that. No. So I saw no. Chucky trending on Twitter as I was logging into this podcast and I thought, well, he found us. Yeah. So the, 
they've been teasing it out for a while, but today was the first time that they had like a real full trailer. Um, there are a couple of clips going around online, but if you're wondering about Chucky's origins and the the strangler aspect, it looks like they are going to delve into the character's backstory throughout the course of this series. And my understanding is that this is one of these franchises that's kind of torn in half legally. And that, yes. uh, that's why the most recent movie called Child's Play was... Um, was like a, a riff on like smart houses because uh to be legally distinct uh which we've been throwing around as a joke but in, in this case in reality it, they had to make a child's play that was not about uh a supernatural uh possessed doll and didn't include the original voice actor and then this tv show is going to have a bunch of the stuff that was absent from that movie yeah but this franchise is kind of like forked and now the ones called child's play feel like less like child's play and this seems to be the one that's sort of like the vision of these people who have been kind of like on and off the the stewards of it uh, yeah. the entire time uh, a lot of the original creators are coming back to do this i believe brad Dora voice uh jennifer tilly stars in it as the human version of uh tiffany and um yeah a lot of a lot of the same creatives on the show and it really speaks to Brad Dourif's talent. Uh, he's so he's so good in this. He's so good at this. And it's the kind of role where you just assume you could replace them. Uh, but it, it, it turns out that he is Chucky, like as much as like Robert Englund is Freddy. Exactly. Yeah. I do wonder, to go back to Toy Story, if the Child's Play movies exist in the Toy Story universe and thus have merchandise, what do the living Chucky uh. merchandise toys behave like in Toy Story universe. Oh, God, that got too meta. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine they're super, they're just like, hey, guys, I know I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my God, we get little. Very kind. They're just so meta that goes all the way back around. I like it. I like it. We can get like little shorts like we get for Forky. Zootopia <laughs> <laughs> <Like> vibes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, God, you're totally right about just, and again, Brad Dorf, he just gives it that character so much, even if it's just like, so I don't want to say, I don't want to say edgy, but like, I guess jagged and brushed, but like, he just gives it that very, like, that aggressive energy that's just so different than the usual silent uh, slasher movie type. And you're so right about it being like, such an instant icon after of the genre so long after it's established and i'm thinking like how often has that been replicated and all and the i can only think of it really after child's play happening twice and i think it's Ghostface from scream and jigsaw from saw like yeah, it's very rare that you get a new addition to, to mm -hmm. this like pantheon um i think you're right i think those definitely those definitely qualify yeah but i i, I can't think of outside those two and Again, again, Jigsaw was now very early 2000s. That means we've essentially gone 20 years without like a new slasher icon. What's the character name from Malignant? Um, Gabriel? Malignant Man. I, Gabriel. It's Gabriel, right? <laughs> it is Gabriel. I, I, I feel like in another world, in an alternate universe, Gabriel could have been among the Pantheon. I, I said this uh, when we were discussing it. Gabriel, especially when he gets all knife slashy, feels like he's adapting a 90s dark horse comic that d didn't actually exist <laughs> i i was already going to see malignant but that's an incredible review i am so <laughs> yeah. sold on what you just said 
I we we just talked the about physical Mulligan acting. In that movie was special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That movie was very oh, yeah. special. Oh yeah. It's my my advice on Malignant is hang in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the first half hour to hour of it, I was like, I don't think I like this movie very much. And yeah, there there comes a point where you're like. Oh no, I love this movie now. <laughs> yep. that, that's it's very like, much what I've been told about it as well. Oh yeah. yeah. It's hanging there. <laughs> it is a, it is a Russian try. doll of a horror movie. There's definitely a point. And it's like <laughs> I, a I very specific point. And it's sort of like, <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> it's a ride. It yeah, is it is a wild, yeah. wild movie. Big budget B horror. <laughs> yes. That's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah, I, I was telling, I was saying when we were talking about it the other night, I was like, it feels like a movie that only James Wan could possibly make because he's the only one that they just give a budget and say, do whatever you do, you. Yeah. And then he would be like, <laughs> I'm going to make the most yeah. Sam Raimi ass B movie. Yeah. And, and this is. <laughs> This is James it. Wan at the point of his career when he can have whatever budget he wants and nobody can say no. Because mm-hmm. it definitely feels like, oh, I can return to my horror roots, but also I have the whole Aquaman stunt team on speed dial now. <laughs> is Malignant <laughs> is Malignant the death stranding of horror movies? Oh my God. Seriously. I think it might be. If Wan was the Kojima of the horror world. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a little too inside baseball. I bought Death Stranding and I never got around to playing it. It's got stuff going on. It's a video game. (laughs) You've never never played anything like it. I've been too busy with that cinematic masterpiece that is Pokemon Cafe Mix. Nice. (laughs) The cafe puzzle game on the phone. I mean, I am hauling around a baby and doing errands in real life right now, so it doesn't feel like the escapist fantasy that I'd be craving. I mean, see, that's the yeah. thing is, you know, I, I I had heard about it and heard about it. And then one of my friends told me about those bits and I'm like, oh, that, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that that yeah. sounds like what I've, I've, you know, not wanted to do with my life. No, thank you. <laughs> I've been trying to keep two children alive in the apocalypse for almost two years now. Yeah. So, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, who would have thought Cormac McCarthy's The Road would just be seen as a parenting guide? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it sounds like oh yes. no that may be the darkest joke i've ever made <laughs> <laughs> you know uh the i think the one like touchstone of, of stuff we talk about on the the progressive side on this show that we haven't really talked about at all is the lgbtqia themes uh or people in this movie which there's not much it being 1988 mm. um was yeah. anyone getting vibes from Mustache Cop? Or is that just me reading into it? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking I best friend it. co-worker has some Yeah, vibes. I could see that. Yeah, I was getting That's a little energy from Aunt Maggie, for sure. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. Definitely. Aunt Maggie. Aunt Maggie. Aunt Maggie. Mm-hmm. Just say that out loud. Yeah. 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 yeah, Aunt Maggie had some vibes. And weirdly, you know, Tiles play will later become sort of this incredibly queer franchise, uh, thanks to some of the, the other people that get involved in it. Um. And the yeah, dad is fully here. absent as yeah. well. Uh, the 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 dad is fully absent, and you could read that as I there's I mean I think that the movie flirts with that kind of shining style abuse subtext that mm-hmm. you know the Chucky is maybe a proxy for like the real world abuse that like uh, Andy couldn't protect his mom, she can protect him, and then at the end they work together. Andy becomes you know a, a 
the man of the house, right? Like in the in the very last moments of the the film, they gave him. We were joking about it. They gave him an action line. This is line. the end, friend. Oh, it's <laughs> it's so good. And then they 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 burn him in the fireplace. So I think He's, you could the way he enunciates that line in particular. The this uh-huh. is the oh, end. Really well done. out of that little boy. This that fucking He's like so for good. a brief moment, I'm like, is this like the John McClane prequel? <laughs> like is this big, like he's just giving action one and they also and uh ben uh brought it up earlier they end on a joke mustache cop gets a little who's gonna believe yeah, i believe you but who's gonna believe me yep. it, right. a little, right. a little uh assessing one line at the end so you could you could give the dad like the sort of like proxy abuser role that the subtext of them is that you know that's the specter of their house and that's how they're processing or the dad could just be like a total non-entity like in uh, Jodie Foster movies where she is just yeah. like, it's never said, but mm-hmm. she so frequently plays a unmarried, you know, single mother, totally complete household. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the dad and the absence of the dad is not part of the story. It's just, this is about a mom and her kid and you, you don't need to ask any questions. I'd like to think it was an Anakin Skywalker type situation where the force is Andy's father. <laughs> that's my go-to for any unexplained parents like where the force did it merry christmas <laughs> yeah and, and i mean that actor that plays andy is you know comes back in all the child's plays it seems like he's in two he's in curse of chucky he's in cult of chucky i love I guess he's gonna happens. be in the tv show now too so. that makes it feel like a like a like a family to me i love when that happens yeah. i look, i know also the, this new poor psycho kid movies who... aren't good but the fact that anthony perkins is in all of them it just is like weirdly yeah. heartwarming on some level <laughs> the uh the latest one the cult of chucky was actually really cool they take the 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 concept of some really bizarre places in that one I just feel bad now for Andy for like 35 years and he cannot escape this fucking murder doll. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, I hope he likes it. I hope he's, I hope he's down with it. Boris Karloff used to say the monster was my best. I hope that that Andy feels like, Oh, this is my, you know, this is, this is my thing. I'm I'm glad that I'm the the kid from child's play. Oh no. I hope like the actors (laughs) go that. I just mean like, Andy, the character. Oh, the, the actual, yeah, the, oh. the boy in the within movie. The no, uni- no, no, no. Within the universe of spending 35 years just dealing with nonstop with this fucking murder. No, doll. that's a true nightmare. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> that murder doll is relentless. I guess that's the franchise. It's just Andy continuing to not get a break. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love oh. that this movie just ref- like refuses to let that doll die, just even in this one movie. Yeah. That, like, yeah. They, they work so hard to kill that dolly throw him in the fireplace he comes out flaming and spitting fire and burns up and they're like well he's dead and they just walk Which, off nope. and then andy's like <laughs> chucky's and chucky. that was such a great design like that was so it's creepy like scary melted chucky. Like, and, yeah. and the fact that he's he's beheaded and he his head is talking to the rest of his body and giving it commands. Yeah, right. I love that. Like the fact that it couldn't yeah. it didn't seem like the head was commanding the body, more just like well, he's like kill him. On. He's like, kill him, kill him. <laughs> it's like, like go, go body, shit. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Is the cop from every other horror movie that Chris Randon is like, whatever you do, do not oh, touch not that touch fucking it. doll. He's he like, doesn't. I just picked up the head, like it's like it's gonna do anything. In the next second, he's being choked from a yeah. vent on the wall. <laughs> Again, we talk a little bit. Of... Guy, a live doll. It's a <laughs> very hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I just thought like, oh, I'm like, dude, this is clearly a crime scene. Don't fucking preserve the crime scene. But I'm like, eh, 80 no. Chicago cop. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah she but- comes home and she's traipsing all over the crime scene. No one stops her. Nobody's like, who the fuck are you? I mean, just. Well, she's like, if you don't believe me, then check and see how many pieces it's in. It's like, that doesn't prove it's alive. That just proves you <laughs> destroyed the shit out of it. <laughs> You know, she also jumps to conclusions like she has the scene where when they first find out that the doll she got came from the blown up toy store and he's being like, oh, this connects to the thing. And she's like, why didn't you tell me before? I'm just like, because he didn't know. He found out the same time you did, Karen. (laughs) How creepy are the teeth in that burned out doll's face? You know, like seriously. Oh man! Oh my god! It's really, it's really well done. Like that was legit. That I was not. Didn't like that. I mean, I liked it. It was awesome. But I was like, that implies that like like, plastic would melt, stuffy would burn. It's like, did you put real human teeth in this doll? Like, what? What are you doing? Right? (laughs) Or is that the whole? (laughs) that's gonna be be a scandal all on its own. Like, he's turning into a human. (laughs) Teeth first, though. Like. right like heart and then teeth you know we develop a nail i don't know like what i just what's the order what are of the operations of here nonsense, <laughs> what are the rules of nonsense latin voodoo yeah right <laughs> oh god that was so creepy though <laughs> i do want to say i, I, I feel them. like i feel like steve will appreciate knowing that alex vincent who uh played the the kid in this who played andy uh is a uh, keyboardist and lead singer in his own band, Perception, and is on record as saying his favorite band is Nine Inch Nails. So there we go. All right. Good on him. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, Chucky's apartment. Do we think he painted all that himself, or do you think he commissioned and then murdered an artist to paint his apartment? <laughs> he definitely didn't pay the artist. I know that much. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, that's that's, right. Not, that's exactly not even on the list. That's not one of the options. And that's where they that's where they start to suspect uh, the the freelance voodoo teacher, uh, because they they get to they get to Chucky's apartment as part of their investigation. And one of the there's murals everywhere. There's like crazy serial killer murals everywhere. And one of the things is a portrait of that guy, um, which seems like an act of like reverence. You know, like this is my spiritual teacher. Uh, and then it turns out no, not at all. Chucky the doll is very shitty to that man. Like uh, based on the way Chucky friend treats that man it's like you painted a mural of your weed dealer on your wall right yeah there's so much distance between (laughs) between those behaviors it's 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 very absurd i mean all of the you know i don't i don't think we really like bookended the way that the chucky stuff unfolds like the way magic unfolds in this movie but it's just fully an 80s cop chase and then the killer gets shot in the shoulder and he's dying and then he starts chanting and made up latin and then a magic lightning bolt comes through the ceiling and the toy store explodes chris sarandon is inside but uh is, yeah, how the uh, fuck did chris sarandon survive that explosion inexplicable because the building is gone and yeah. we chris see sarandon leaves unscathed and he obviously saw magic like while it's happening you can tell that chris sarandon is really really freaked out but then when supernatural stuff starts creeping into the movie again chris sarandon's like i'm a cop i believe in real stuff in denial of in denial of the thing that that you saw happen and then there's no 
there's no mention of or explanation of like how Chucky came to be Chucky until they randomly say, hey, like we're going through the guy's stuff and uh, we need to get to this. We need to get to this voodoo practitioner before Chucky does. Yeah, when they find a giant painting of a voodoo, a voodoo man on his wall in his apartment. I always assumed it was just like old school style. Like, oh, he was just such an evil killer and he just wanted revenge so badly that Right. His spirit lingered and went into the nearby doll. That's yeah. what I thought too, because yeah. they, they set it up as though it's going to be just sort of like the 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 force of a dying breath kind of thing. Like he's yeah. walking around saying like, I'm yeah. you know, no matter what, I'm going to yeah. come back and I'm going to get you. And that's sort of what, like, that's sort of what Freddy is, right? Like Freddy's yeah. just like force of will. Right. There's yeah. no like middle yeah. parts where he needs to know spells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, at no point does Freddy start chanting, Kalima, like this guy does. <laughs> so bad. Oh my god. Well, I feel like even if Freddie did do like say Kalima, it would just be as an intentional homage to Indiana Jones, and then he'd rip out someone's dream heart. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So is there anything else you want to cover about um child's play before we I love Andy up? as the final girl? <laughs> yeah, Andy, Andy's definitely the final girl in this movie. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. For sure. And his mom does survive. There are other survivors, but I, I think he still he still uh, kind of uh, walks that walk. She gets done pretty dirty in the sequel, though. She gets put away for for claiming that Chucky was alive. Meanwhile, what happened to Sarandon and uh, Mustache Cop? Probably promotions, I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pensions? I'm going to say pensions. We are talking about the Chicago PD here. Yep. Uh. Um, so Maybe that's, uh, I, don't I know. just went and looked it up. Uh, Child's Play 2 uh, predates uh, Terminator 2, where they do the- ah. mm. that Sarah Connor is doing a Child's Play 2. <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked about this movie's rough relationship with race, uh, its unique look yes. at feminism, class, and urban life in the 80s. Uh, we've taken the ups and the downs and all the fun ass murder dolls and action scenes. Yeah, lots of interesting <laughs> things to say about consumerism in a, a time when there were a lot of movies where the parent tries to get good toy is just the entire plot of a movie rather than right. yeah. know, a rejection mm-hmm. of that. An underappreciated Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Jingle all the way, Turbo <laughs> Man, baby. <laughs> I don't know that Jingle All the Way is underappreciated. I think it's exactly <laughs> the right amount of appreciation. Nobody likes you, Booster. <laughs> Touche. It's precisely the right amount of I this is this is a weird me story, but I feel like I trace my uh my destiny as a creative person to this one time that my parents were like, hey, we're gonna go see a movie uh ahead of Christmas. Your little brother really wants to go see Jingle All the Way. And I was like, Hey, mom and dad, can I go by myself to go see Mars Attacks over there instead? And ended up seeing Mars Attacks while they went to see Jingle all the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, and the rest was history. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. I definitely saw Mars Attacks. I never saw Jingle all the way. So, <laughs> we got I saw it. all the way years later, and I was like, good choice, young me. Turbo Man <laughs> fights the Martians. That's the crossover. So, yeah, do we, um, before we wrap up, do people want to say kind of, unless we have anything else, do people want to say where we can find you online? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I can go first. Sounds good. Uh, I'm just a school teacher, but I'm on Twitter at elipscom2. 
I'm writing it down. (laughs) Daniel, you want to go next? Sure. Um, My last name is Kibblesmith. So my website is kibblesmith.com. And as we said, people should be able to watch your your new show that you're writing for. It should uh, be today. Yes. Yes. In the future. Inside job. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on all things social at shinybabyb. Eat, and I am at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at, at BenTheCon and BenConComics.com. Uh, the comic book tie-in to Ubisoft's Immortals Phoenix Rising will be out next month, so check that out. For yeah! Greek, Woo! Greek God goodness. <laughs> and uh, I, you can find me online at KamiCat on Twitter, at KimOldGods on Facebook, and of course, you can always find our show at Old Gods Pod. Yeah, and of you should. That is highly recommended. <laughs> yes, uh, extremely. We, I mean, not, we, I know you can't see all of us, but we did discover that at least two of us were wearing Old Gods of Appalachia t shirts today unintentionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. As for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at jrome58. I do have a website. It's at jeremywhitley.com, but you're better off at Twitter. And the podcast itself is progressively horrified. You can find us. And support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash progressively horrified. And we would love it if you did that. It really helps us make uh, more stuff like that, pay the bills here. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Prague Horror Pod, where we tell you everything that we're up to. And uh, you can find our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, where you can find all the cool episode notes on all the things we do here. You can also subscribe, 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 rate, and review. <laughs> on apple Podcasts, google spotify whatever it is you listen to podcasts on we're there uh, and we would really appreciate it if you could rate and review uh when when you do check us out um but we do want to thank everybody for joining us this was super fun guys thank you so much this is a new one for me <gasps> thank you so thank you. much for having us it's been so much Blast. fun as child's play it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you haven't seen, seen it, I hope our wonderful guests all had fun. I hope all you listeners had fun hearing us talk child's play, and hope and fun for everyone. <laughs> Didn't know how to finish that. <laughs> Until next time, you landed that plane. <laughs> Until next time, stay horrified. Progressively horrified was created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode features Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Cam Collins, Steve Say, Bronwyn Kelly Say, Daniel Kibblesmith, and Emmanuel Lipscomb. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Colo 6 and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at Prague Horror Pod or by email at progressivelyhorrified at gmail.com. <laughs>